Jason Waller here, True Underdog Podcast and YouTube channel. Listen, make sure you subscribe today. You can go to iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. You can go to our YouTube channel, True Underdog, or you can visit trueunderdog.com and subscribe to all of it. Damn, damn, damn. True Underdog. Damn, damn, Unleash damn. the power Jason Waller here, True Underdog Podcast. Top three podcasts. Hold on. Here we go, John. Yeah, that's right, baby. Woo! Bam. That's it. All right. So with that being said, I've got my co-host on here, John LeBlanc. And today's episode is something I wrote in the book that you gave me wisdom on, cows versus buffaloes. And now that I understand what that means... I've got several stories we can dive into. I'm sure you do as well. But let's say this first, John. The weather's decent in Michigan. How are you doing? Man, we are doing fantastic. Just wrapped up June on to July. The sun is out. The market here in Detroit, it's just the solar season here. You know, people are, are embracing solar. So, you know, the Detroit market connected a lot of folks with uh, with solar this this past June. So it's great. I can't complain, man. It's awesome. And we just got back from a retreat out at Myrtle Beach. What, what were your thoughts on that? It was incredible. The, the only thought that I had the entire time was just how cool of an opportunity it was to, to do something like that. You know, a company our size, a, really a startup, right? Investing that amount of time and, and money and bandwidth into a, a group, a, a very large group of leaders. What, we had 90? like 80 something people, 90 <laughs> yeah, something people there. Flew out, drove out, coordinated. We were there for a few days too. I felt like we owned the damn hotel. <laughs> By yeah, the way, this, this, this is a shot that goes out to Benny B. Okay. Benny the Baptist for you listeners out there. know Ben Brookhart, our CSO, my ex-partner, he's mentioned in the book. He likes to win and I like to win. He's a shit talker and I'm a shit talker. And he went O for four. O for four. In football, I threw 17 touchdowns and three picks and it had a huge interception on him. Like, what are we going to do about this? I don't know. He went 0 for 4. And then him and El Mondo talked some shit on push-ups. And daddy had to take him to school, man. <laughs> yeah, like, he did. <laughs> what's up with that? He hates losing, man. That's all he was talking about is how much you shit you're going to talk to him by... Well, dude, the problem is, is there was no way in hell I would have had to die. I'm going to lose in front of our team. There's just no way in hell. Uh, it was great. It was full of competition, as we mentioned. And uh, yeah, we had some great flag football games. A lot of injuries on the beach. A lot of injuries. A lot of injuries. But we played through it. We're not that athletic. Well, some of us are. But uh, I felt like I even threw a touchdown to you. I threw a touchdown to everybody pretty much on my team. I spread the ball out well. I think you did. Throw a touchdown to everybody on your team at all times. Yep, that's, you're good that, QB, that's what man. It's about. You're, you're, you're pretty good I'm QB. Not bad. I'm not bad. Yeah. Not bad. It's not It's not my first rodeo. I mean, it's been like 30 years, but it ain't my first rodeo. <laughs> Still got it. Yeah, I work with my son all the time, so I get tips from him. So, you know, let's talk about um, cows versus buffalo. Let's give your perception of what that means, and let's dive into some some tangible items here for the listeners and the followers and the viewers on that top three podcast to take home, to use. Yeah. Look, uh, matter of fact, you know, the first time I heard this, I was in a yoga class, believe it or not. And I embrace it. I keep a buffalo. It's actually a bison on my phone. Bison, buffalo, kind of the same animal. Bison just look cooler. 
I think so. You know, but the the Calverse Buffalo is, I guess, let me, if I, if I may paint the picture, right? In the yoga studio, intense yoga class. Anyone that's done yoga, it's no like walk in the park. It was intense. We were on all different positions, all these different holds, like hot. It was like 95, 100 degrees in there, sweating towards the end of class. And like, we're having to do all this core work. We're holding ourselves in a plank and got our leg, leg up and to the, off to the side. And like, you're wanting to bail and the instructor's like egging you on. And he's telling this story of Calvers or Buffalo. He's talking about the storm, the storm being the workout. He's saying, look, like you have a decision to make, you know, let me talk to you about, you know, these, you know, the cow and the difference between cow and buffalo. And he goes, what happens when, when cows sense a storm coming is they start to shy away from the storm. They run away. And what happens is the storm ends up catching them. And because they're running away, they end up running with the storm for however long they need to. He goes, but buffalo, buffalo are different. They sense a storm coming and they actually start walking to it. And then they walk into it. And pretty soon a buffalo will walk right through the storm and will be out just like that. He goes, so as you're sitting here and that storm's ruined, the exercise is getting tough. He goes, I got one question. Now, mind you, this is a yoga instructor, Alex, over at Lifetime in Bloomfield. He goes, do you want to be a cow? And then the music increases and it gets louder and louder. We're holding, we're sweating, we're grunting, grinding. He goes, or do you want to be a fucking buffalo? And I was just like, dude, and then that mind shifts and you're like, I'm, if I attack this workout, if I go into this storm, if I, like right away starts to feel different. It feels better because it's your decision to walk through it rather than like kind of limp alongside of it. So I embrace that thought process with a lot of the stuff that I do. So shout out to Alex. Appreciate you sharing that. I've kept it with me ever since. Yeah, and then I, I've taken it. So shout out to you, John, and to fucking Alex telling everyone to be a fucking buffalo. We love you, Alex. Now, I'm going to put this in perspective for business, okay? So 2015, I've talked about it before. The end of the year, we lost money. I took all the money I ever made from the home security business. So listeners out there, I, I made some money selling home security systems and sold the company and put it all back into the new company. I was not getting a paycheck for 22 months. And I finished the year, we lost over a million and a half dollars, which came from myself to make sure things were still paid. So we we're on a cash basis then. In the beginning of 16 and of 15, we thought about closing. In fact, my business partner, Kevin, was like, we need to close. And one of those things, and, and Ben brought it up when I did my speaking engagement recently, I reached out to friends, family, anybody to give us a loan, to do an investment. Everybody told me no. Like everybody's like, nope, 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 nope. And the 16 started. So I had a choice to make. It was tough. The storm was, we weren't fucking hitting the numbers, man. We weren't able to stay open at 40 employees, 35, 40 employees. Couldn't afford them. I'm not getting paid. The easy way is to walk away from this, quit, shut the doors. Sorry, can't do anything. And forever that storm would have haunted me because I would have had regret that I never gave everything I had, that I never pushed until you couldn't push anymore. Or I could be a buffalo. 
And I can run right through that fucking thing. And I could say, you know what? We're going to fucking stay open until we can't afford to stay open anymore. And I'm going to grind through and I'm going to replace people and I'm going to work harder. I'm going to work more. I'm going to find a way to make payroll. I'm going to find a way to hire more employees and get better employees. I'm going to find a way to make sure that we're profitable. I'm going to do everything I need to do. And you're right. It's a mindset. When I made that decision, you know, I was sitting in limbo before then. Oh, what do I do? What do I do? And the problem is, is when you're a leader, whether you're a manager, whether you're a teacher, whether you're a director, whether you're an entrepreneur, whether you're just the head of your household, if you're a leader, people look for you to lead, not be scared. People don't want to see fear. And people are going to follow whatever it is you do if you're passionate about it. So if I were to quit, what kind of leader is that? That's just failing. That's like, it's like a cow. But if I were to push through, and I were to show that I can overcome adversity and overcome struggles and find a way to make it work when everybody and everything was against it, it makes it that much more sweeter. And you're right. Your mindset changes. It's not, it doesn't seem as hard. Now you're driving for the same thing and people around you are driving. And when you get great people around you, great things happen. And we made it through. I mean, here we are. We're on pace to do 800 million in sales this year. We've done over a billion total as a company and then some 2,000 employees. But that little, that little moment there where I could have ran from the storm or run through it and face it is just one of many examples that people can really resurrect with, right? Yeah. I mean, when you are faced with a problem and you take it as you want to versus you have to, you identify the problem, whatever that is, small, big, doesn't matter. And you're like, oh God, I have to do this. And then you flip that. Be like, I want to solve this problem. I want to make this thing work. I want to work out. I want to eat healthier or I have to eat healthier. I have to work out. I have to solve this problem. Like it's completely different. So if you're in control and you're making those decisions, your whole attitude will be completely different. And then you said it, right? People will kind of gravitate towards that. You're running your race. People start to fall in line and be like, oh, I'm going to run with Jason Wall. I'm going to run. And look, like, Power homes, the, the proof of that, right? You've had, so, we've had so many people kind of come in and, and start running this race, but we've been faced with <laughs> tons of problems, right? Tons. We can go down the list. We find a way to handle it. So I was even thinking as you were talking, the drive back from Myrtle Beach, just a small problem, but you're like, yeah, no big deal. Like we're going to rent a car. Like, we oh, yeah, a so layover, talk about right? that. Talk, talk, that's, a, that's a real fucking storm we dealt with. Go ahead. <laughs> Well, dude, it was like 30. Well, explain, like, explain, again, like, explain. We're flying from Myrtle. Yeah, so yeah. go ahead and tell the story so people understand what happened. Flying back from Myrtle. Like after a vacate, all you want to do is get home. We had a direct flight from Myrtle Beach to Detroit. Perfect. Direct flight. Love it. No, no layovers. But we couldn't land because we, because of storms. So we had to land in Ohio. We actually circled for a while. Then we're like, oh, we can't land. So we had to come down. And we land and they're like, you know, it's going to be like six minutes. You, you can get off the plane if you want. But and we land in Columbus, Ohio, too. So so the listeners know. Yeah. So we we're three and a half hours from from Detroit, Michigan. And uh, you call me and we're, we're sitting there and it's like 30 minute wait time. You're like, we're going to get off the plane. I was like, well, they just said 30 minutes. And you're like, we're going to get off. the plane. <laughs> just like, all right, well, I'll get off with you. All right. Well, I'll just go stretch the legs. Like, I'll come back on. So that we get out there and he's like. You know, like I've, I've seen this before. Liz was with us at the time, your wife. And um, I've seen this show and dance before. I, th I think we're going to rent a car and, and drive. I was like, dude, drive, three and a half hour drive versus, you know, 45 minute flight. Like storms are going to pass. 
So you're like, no, sniff this out. Like we're driving. And Liz was also like on the same, like she was like, yeah, absolutely driving. I was like, man, but like 45 minute flight. So we ended up renting the car and driving. And as we're driving, delay after delay, after delay, after delay. So again, delay. like. I know what time they got back because I got a text from Doolittle. Hey, your luggage is going around here. I'm going to take it so I can bring it to you tomorrow. Do you know what time they landed? Was it 2 a.m.? 1.45. Yeah. I had the update on my phone the next morning too. Dude. And we got home at 8? Something like that? We got home at 8 p.m. Yeah. So we saved six hours. Yeah. Almost six hours. And... You know, I went with my gut instinct, but we drove through the storm. I knew it was three and a half hours to drive from Columbus to Detroit. I didn't know what the hell was going to happen with the plane and the nonsense and the cancellations and the re- diverting and the reschedules. And I said, I I know what's in front of me. I'm going to go conquer that. And worst case scenario, it's an hour, two hours longer. But at least I know. The unknown is okay if you're passionate about it, you want to try to do something great. If the unknown is something like this that doesn't really have a great payoff, like, all right, we're going to wait 30 minutes and then we still got to go out to the runway and then we're going to fly and it's going to be 45. I mean, you're talking two hours. So the, the, the risk versus reward that I was thinking of is it's an hour and a half of our time to be sure we're home in three and a half hours rather than take a risk for that hour and a half extra and it end up being, you know, eight, you know, seven, eight hours they waited. Yeah. And the decision was almost immediate because we could have complained like, Oh, I just want to get home. Like, well, I rented the car when I was still in the seat. (laughs) Right. So before we even got off, I rented the car and then nobody could find a car. Yeah. So that was my next point. Right. Like you sit there, you complain, you contemplate. And then like worse things happen. Right. Versus like just knowing exactly what you want to do. And, and going and doing it. So in like, you're tired after a vacation, like a little beat up, like all you want to do is get home. I'm like, Oh man, like just want to be home. But you're like, ah, you, you have this positive outlook with problems that I certainly appreciate. And you're like, yeah, no big deal. Let's rent a car. It's already running. Yeah. We'll drive home. I was like, Oh, that was easy. Like, I drove, I drove. Okay. Right. What was that experience like? Yeah. You drove phone. I mean, Liz didn't like it. I didn't mind it. <laughs> right. But, what was she complaining? I mean, there's there's a lot of different things that she just didn't. We like stopped that. and got food. Don't talk, yeah, about, she was, she, don't talk about the food that we got. It was unhealthy. <laughs> that was not a good move. <laughs> I tried, man. What was it we got again? Is it Wendy's? Arby's. No, it was Arby's. Liquid roast beef, guys. It's not even real food. Mm-mm. I still ate it though. It's delicious. I'm on a diet now, so of course I'm craving food, but it is what <laughs> it is. I've done pretty good. So, you know, really. If a buffalo saw the storm and they're walking towards it and it's hail and it's strong, and it, but at least they know like they're going towards it, they're, they're shrinking the time they've got to deal with it. Where when you're running as a cow away from something, not only is it chasing you or it could be longer, but you really don't know what's coming because you're running from it. You're not facing it. And I think that listeners and viewers out there, if, if you, when you deal with things in life, whether it be business, school, relationship, personal level, professional level, doesn't matter. The faster you can make your decision and know what you want and move forward and deal with the problem head on, the better you're going to be. 
it's like firing someone. You know, and you're like, oh, I think we need to end up firing that person. They're just a bad egg. They're bad for the thing, but I don't know. Maybe I give them another week or two. I don't know. I'm a big believer. If you even ask yourself, oh, I think I want to fire that person. You're fucked. Yeah, that's it. You need to fuck fire them. If it got to that point, you need to fire them because here's what happens when you don't. And I use this as an example. Now you're suffering through this longer problem of, oh, I should have. Oh, I could have. Oh, what do I do now? Oh, and you've already painted them. You've already made your mind up. You're just finding reasons to not do it. If you didn't make your mind up, you wouldn't ask yourself that question. Do I need to fire them? I'm a big believer in that. I've never, John, fired, you know, I've hired tens of thousands and fired tens of thousands. I've never, ever, 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 and I'm sorry to those listening, sorry, I've never regretted firing somebody, ever. But I have regretted not firing people that ended up blowing up in my face and being a bigger problem for the company. So I use kind of, you know, this kind of mentality of dealing with a problem. That's another problem if you're running a business or you're a manager or, you know, you're in a relationship. You know, if you're already asking yourself, am I in the right relationship? Am I at the right job? Should this person be working for me? You already know the fucking answer or you wouldn't ask yourself that question. I'm a big believer in that. The moment you ask yourself that question, that means all the other shit just came off the table. So I just tried, you know, things are, you know, people, we, we, I'm not saying somebody fucks up. It's like, ah, oh, they're dead to me. They're fired. But it's like, all right, they need coaching. All right, they need written up. All right, they need to talk. Oh, they got a bad attitude. All of those lead me to go, I think maybe we need to fire them. Well, that's the answer. If I even think it, we, I need to do it. That's what I've realized with experience and time. And that to me is kind of like a buffalo dealing with shit right now. I'm not going to let it fester and get bigger and grow. I'm going to deal with that problem right now. It's the same thing in personal like relationships with my parents or family members or Liz's family. I'm Jason Waller. Today's sponsor is betterhelp.com. Listen, I want you to start living a happier life today. As a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting our sponsor at betterhelp.com slash true underdog. Is there something preventing you from achieving your goals? What interferes with your happiness? Check out betterhelp.com slash underdog. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. Connect in a safe and private online environment. It's so convenient. You can start communicating in under 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not a self-help. It's professional counseling done securely online. Everybody could use a therapist. Everybody could use somebody to talk to. Whether you're going through depression, stress, anxiety, relationships, sleeping trauma, it doesn't matter. You need to look at doing that. Visit our sponsor, betterhelp.com slash trueunderdog. Bam. I've got one for you. <laughs> uh, see anybody in here? No. <laughs> so Liz's mom, you know, for those that are, are going to read the book and heard the book, I mean, I've got some dark stories in there about how her mom wanted to give our daughter up for adoption and how it became a problem. And I had to fight to go see my kid born. And I didn't get to see her be born because her mom was trying to force her to give the baby up for adoption early on, trying to give abortion. Like this whole shit show, it was just really, really bad. Well, it's not that I never really forgave her for that, but that's kind of been heavy on me for a while. And she does, she's a, she's a way better grandparent than she was a parent. And, you know, she has tried. She's never really said sorry to recently, but so all that's kind of waited on me. But there was a time me and me and my wife were having some bumps in the road, as do relationships happen. 
And some things leaked over to my in-laws that leaked over to some friends at work that ended up coming back to my plate of some things that were said. And some of those things were said was her mom saying things she probably shouldn't say about me or how she feels about me. So I, you know, when me and Liz were working things out, I said, I don't want her fucking around me. There's just nothing to talk about. I don't want her around me. She's your mom. I don't give a shit. I don't choose to be around people like that. I get to pick who's around me in my life. That's the best news in the world. I get to pick. It's my fucking life. And I don't want it. I feel like I do too much for her and your family and my family. Like, I don't want it anymore. I'm done. Like, it's me being, me bringing the walls down, being personal. And she was like, well, that's really hard for me. I said, well, I mean, she's like, well, I don't know if I can deal with that. I said, well, we're going to have to figure that out then because there's a first for everything. And this is kind of how it's going to go down. She's like, well, I don't know what to do. Like, what do I do? Like, my mom's supposed to come for this and she's going to want to see the kids on that. And she's like, I agree with you. I understand you're upset. She shouldn't be talking crap of me and you're having problems. She should be supportive of my wife and pick her up if she's hurt or talk to her like, hey, you guys will figure this out and be a supporting cast. Kind of like my family was to Liz. They were like, hey, what do you need? Are you okay? What can we do for you? They weren't like going to me like, Liz is a fucking asshole, right? And her mom was kind of doing some shit like that. And it came out, like Liz was honest about it. Like, man, my mom said some shit she probably shouldn't have. And I was like, really? Like, that's not her role. Like, we're not high school. We're not teenagers. Her role is to be your mom and to hopefully, you know, hopefully we work it out and she's supportive of you. Not fucking degrade me because we're fighting. Like, that's wrong. And so I was going to hold her accountable because that's just who I am. I'm like, you know what? If you make shit, you got to live in your shit, right? That's just who you are. That's, that's it. And I was pissed. And she's like, well, I don't know what to tell her. You know, she's supposed to come to town for this. I said, well, you tell her she ain't fucking coming to town and she ain't staying at the house. So Liz was a Buffalo cow moment. She was like, well, I don't know if I want to deal with it. And I was like, no, you need to do it. Well, she fucking did. She called her mom and she said, look, I told Jason some of the things were said and other people did too. He doesn't want you around. He didn't want you to stay at our house. He didn't want anything to do with you. So unfortunately, you know, you can't come. And she was upset. She was bawling. But I was proud that Liz went and dealt with it like a buffalo, not a cow. She didn't hide from it. You know how many times in my life with my family being assholes to my wife that I had to like pussyfoot around things and be a cow and just try to be referee and, and try to make everybody happy and it's exhausting and the anxiety goes through the fucking roof? I mean, I've learned, you know, not too long ago, you got to deal with shit now. And so she did that. I was like, whoa. And then her mom asked her, can I call Jason? Now, her mom ain't never said sorry to me for shit. But her mom picked up that phone and her mom called me, was upset and said she was sorry and that she should have never hurt me ever and that she loves me and all these other things. And I forgave her and I have no ill towards her. I love her. I've forgiven her. When you forgive someone, you can't be upset. I am not upset anymore. We're in a great place. She's coming to hang out with the kids. She does this. We're good. But that's because I dealt with the problem. You know, when you hold on to things or you walk away from things, it festers like that storm. It chases you. It lives in you. The best release is forgiveness. The best release is moving on from things. Then you can grow. And I ain't mad anymore. I love her to death. Dude, everyone makes mistakes. I've treated people like shit, said some things I shouldn't have, that I owe some people probably some apologies. But she did that. I'm good with her. Like straight up, I'm in a great place with her mom. Best I've ever been. And we've been together 20 years. So that's saying something. And, you know, that was because... The problem came. I wanted to deal with it, said, I'm done. 
Liz dealt with it like a buffalo calling her mom out and saying, let's do this. Usually she hid from it, played referee like I have a lot of times in different situations. And then her mom acted like a buffalo and said, let me call him and fix this. I'm not going to let this wither away to our relationship where I can't see the great, like, no, let me fix this. So everybody kind of stepped up and dealt with it, like, you know, put their adult pants on. And that's what I'm challenging everybody to do. When things are tough, you got to be comfortable being uncomfortable. You got to be able to deal with things so you can move on. It's okay to be upset. It's okay to have your feelings hurt. It's okay to get pissed off, but it's not okay to hold on to something if somebody wants to make it right. Someone doesn't want to make it right. You still shouldn't hold on to it. You should put it in the back of the head and then just be kind of like off your radar. There's no reason to be around people like that. But if they want to make it right, you shouldn't hold a grudge. You should allow allow it to be made right. It's the best thing you can do. What do you think of that? Yeah, I'm going to live on the other side of that. You know, growing up, I was the shy kid. I was the reserved kid. I was always the guy that had to be asked, you know, what's bothering you multiple times before I said anything. And it's taken me a lot to climb out of that. You know, certainly a lot of practice. And, you know, for the people that are listening right now, I think it's, if you're one of those people, I think it's important to understand that there's never going to be a perfect moment, a perfect time, a perfect setting, a perfect room. You know, you're, you're not going to be set up perfectly to have these conversations. So you have to insert yourself into somebody else's life. And some may, maybe it's asked permission or asked to have the conversation. Uh, but most of the time, guys, it, it is it is a conversation. It is poor communication between two individuals or multiple individuals. So I would encourage you. There's, I'm sure you're, you're thinking, if, if you're listening right now, of conversations that you've, you've had to have. And maybe the it's kind of deflated itself over time, but it's still lingering, right? That storm's kind of still running right beside you or, or right with you, and it's wearing on you. So turn around, look at the storm, and walk right into it, and, and go have that conversation. Because I, w- I was certainly that person, and it, it, it sucks. So it's a skill, I think, to insert yourself into somebody else's life. And, you know, I've, I've surround myself with great people like Jason and, you know, the other folks in Power Home that are able to do that really easily. So, um, do it. Well, I, I think that, you know, people who are struggling in their marriage or often, you know, they're often trying to avoid, you know, the difficult, but meaningful conversations that need to be had to reconcile the relationship. It's the same way with a sibling or a parent or at your job. We have to have those tough conversations. That is being a Buffalo. You're not going to make it. What makes it worse is holding on to something and, and staying resentful or upset. Or letting pride get in the way. There are times my pride gets in the way. There are times that I have to work on myself. I mean, I have a coach. I have a therapist, right? You know, I'm always trying to get better. I make mistakes. But, you know, one of the people in the world that does a really good job, my wife, of really holding me accountable for things on what I say or what I do, right? A lot of people just kiss my ass. I hate that, right? You go to work, oh, Jason, blah, 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 blah. You know, Liz is like, dude, you're a son of a bitch and you're a motherfucker and you did this and you did that. And I'm like, what? But I need that. I need that because she's going to give it to me straight and let me deal with what I need to deal with. And, you know, I think that's important. I would challenge people out there that surround yourself with people that are going to tell you what you need to hear, not what you want to hear. Because... Your glasses and your vision is a little different than maybe what other people are seeing you do. And sometimes it's good to get a perspective of somebody else, not haters that are running their mouth and being negative and just bringing you down. I'm talking people who care about you and love you, 
that ask them to be strong and let you know the things you need to hear, not want to hear. You know, I always say, look, if you're going to give me feedback, you can't say everything was great. You got to give me something I can work on. I love that because then they're being honest with me. And that's important because that's how we grow. If everyone just tells us we're great, but we're not great. I mean, I, I use my kids as an example. You know, I used to race my son all the time and let him beat me all the time. And then when he'd race other people, because he's not naturally fast, he's an awesome quarterback with a great arm and he's smart as hell and he loves boxing, but he ain't fast. He's quick. He ain't fast. So he'd race other kids and lose. And he's like, I don't understand am I slow? Like he just went, and he would be the sorest loser in the freaking world. Cause I always let him beat me. Well, that's unhealthy. You can't do that with your kids. You can't do that in life. You can't just tell people what they want to hear. They'll never grow. And when shit really hits them in the face, they don't have the life skills to deal with it. You're doing someone a favor by being honest. You don't have to be brutally honest, but you got to be somewhat honest and give some constructive feedback if they're asking and looking for that. I just think that's important. You know, dealing with things and not hiding from it is important. And if people are asking for feedback, you got to surround yourself with people that are just going to be honest with you because they care about you, because they care about you being better and growing in life. And they're in that category one I always talk about. They're not in that category two where they're intimidated or category three where they're hating, but they care about you. You want feedback from those people. You want honesty. I think being able to receive that, you know, is certainly a skill too. You know, there's so many people that will ask for the honesty and ask for some constructive criticism. So, you know, when received, no matter who you are, I don't care who you are, you receive constructive criticism, especially from somebody that can't do it as well as you. Your first reaction is like, oh, really? Really? You want to tell, you want to tell me exactly how? So, but you asked. Like if you asked, <laughs> yeah, motherfucker, I'm trying to keep it real. Like you asked me. Now I'm trying to be your friend and tell you the truth. You can't handle that shit. Yeah. Like why are you asking? Don't ask me ever again. <laughs> so, so many times people have asked me and I've been, and then they're like, I'm like, really? Like you're mad at me because of you? Yeah. So I think it is a skill to be able to like put the guard down, put the ego down and just take it as a message, not who's delivering it. All the, you know, it's just, I think it's just, you, you just have to take it like and, and, and understand and, and digest it a little bit. That's a very, very difficult thing to do. Coach being coached is, is very difficult in general, especially when you're being coached hard. Right. I will tell you when I did that speaking engagement, I'm never nervous. You and I both know this. Like I go out and do our sales meetings and our, and so many, I'm never nervous. It's my favorite thing to do. Being CEO of power home is inspiring our team. I was nervous because I purposely brainwashed myself to not be CEO of Power Home, but to be guest speaker, Jason Waller, for those 90 leaders. And I went in there and all I got was, oh, great, great, great. So I felt like everyone kissed my ass. Nobody gave me constructive criticism. I'm still waiting. I was told I got the highest survey score. I'm like, I want to know what I can work on. It was like, great, 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 great. It's like, dude, dude. So I'm going to ask you right here. What could I work on on the speech? What did you think about it? What could I work on? There were two phenomenal speakers. Yeah, there, we had three phenomenal speakers. And then we had one up and coming speaker, which you know, delivered a good message too. But, you know, I, I think for you, I've heard you tell your story multiple times. I've read, um, I'm reading the book, right? I've read through chapter seven. I knew you three, four years ago when we first started working together in the 
in the fitness world and I've heard it in bits and pieces there. I've heard it in bits and pieces on the podcast. The one thing that stood out to me when you spoke at our speaking arrangement was the linear path and the, and the storyline, you know, it was all streamlined together and I've never seen you get emotional telling a story and you got emotional and it made me emotional hearing you say that. And I thought, uh, look, I like start to see it now. I thought that was one of our best, uh, it was the, you know, the best um, speech of the event. I don't have any, you know, constructive criticism for you because I've heard, okay. I've heard, you know, the, the lesser version of it. This was, this was incredible. I guess, look, at, if there's one thing you soaked up three of our hours or two and a half of our hours, like <laughs> we're trying to shrink that shit to down a tight timeline. I, and we had Q and a after, but, um, if there's anything I could give you, right. That was, you have an hour and a half time slot. You get 80 an hour and a half, not two and a half. I got it. <laughs> That's great. No, I appreciate it. And you know, I did get emotional. That was the first time I told the story in a setting like that. And I've told the story, but usually it's like just, I wasn't in the story and what I really tried to do. And then I learned from David Meltzer and how he had, he did his is you have to go back into time and, and, and be in the story that you're telling, right? It can't be, I'm just saying something. I have to be in that something. Yeah. While you're talking, I thought of another thing. David Meltzer was a very polished speaker. He's told that story multiple, multiple, multiple times. And you can tell. You've told your story in sections over time, like multiple, multiple, multiple times, but never really like truly linear. And that you had a guide, a PowerPoint that kind of helped you stand path. I think removing that at some point would be, it would, it would take the focus from that and put it on you a little bit more. And I think that's one of the pieces of feedback I would give you. Yeah. I wanted that for a guide of what the next subject was, you know, cause it's the chapters in the book. But I tied a story to each one of those chapters. And I talked from the heart on each story and didn't have an idea of what I was going to do when I came out there. <laughs> I didn't have like a pre-made remembered yeah. speech. I just knew that if I would talk about those eight chapters, then I can tell a story relatable to those chapters that the crowd would, would, would be connected to that I've experienced. And so then we still had the lesson. So... It was fun. I mean, it was different. It was fun. I, I felt like I was in an, a zone and an element I've never been in before. And it was surely addicting. I can tell you that. I liked it. I, and I, I'm glad I got the opportunity to do that. And hopefully it impacted some of our leadership guys. They're going to be here. So last but not least, we're going to wrap it up because we've been on for 36 minutes. That's a good time here. We have our basketball contest and our water volleyball contest. Now, listen, I left Myrtle Beach unfucking defeated Un defeated. I don't know if I should play anything. I think I should maybe just like coach or sit back because I don't want to. I'm just fucking kidding. dude. Fuck yeah, dude I'm bringing no it. <laughs> My first pick is Derek. Everybody knows it. And then, you know, we're going to pick different teams for volleyball because you're different skill sets. I think but it's going to be interesting. another good first pick for volleyball as well. Anyone, probably. Six, anyone tall? Are you excited Derek about this? A, how, how excited are you about this event? Is this not going to be the shit? Dude, 
it's because be. it's not like we're just doing workshops. We're taking production and we're taking sales and we're meshing them together to play a basketball tournament here at my house with real referees. And I've got a bam cam on my chest and I'm going to be filming this shit and I'm going to be paying off the ref so I can hack a shack on anybody I want to and get away with it. And then in vo- water volleyball the next day, I mean, and look, we're going to have a DJ, we're going to have food. I mean, it's going to be a great time. It's going to be a lot of shit talking, but this is going to bond them. Not look, the, the retreat was great and the workshop is great. And that connects them on a business level to really figure out what the issues are and implement it in our company. But on a personal level, I'm hoping that this really connects a lot of them because we're going to make sure we mix up the teams. It's not sales versus production. It's blended. Like you got to draft a sales, then you got to draft a production type deal. Yeah, that's going to be huge. I think it's already you know, taking its toll after the retreat on, on just building those relationships, having a good. Have you heard any excitement about the next couple of days of guys coming up here? People are getting jacked. People are getting jacked. <laughs> yeah, people are getting jacked. So the rumblings are starting. Uh, I'm jacked. It's going to be an event. Well, I wanted to do something cool with them before our picnic, our company picnics this weekend. It is. I know. I'm bummed I won't be able to be there on Sunday. I'm going to come to the North Carolina one though. My wife. That'll be here. fine. Uh, you told me that she got the competition. That's good. Well, I hope she does well, and I will see you soon. And listen, the takeaways here for the listeners and the viewers, right? You know, actionable tips. You got to be brave and you got to take a challenge head on. Okay, you can't run from it. You can't hide from it. That shit's done. Be responsible for your actions. Think of what you can do and not what you can't do. That is a big key. Like when you think, oh, I can't do that. Don't even get that in your mindset. I just had that conversation with Jesse and she's like giving me excuses on the call center. I'm like, hold on, let's focus on what you can do. Everybody can answer the telephone, right? Because we want our customer service to be better. So we should have all departments answering the phone that work under her umbrella, not just certain departments. Therefore, the phone is picked up first. Then let's go for things. So we got to, you know, I think people need to focus on what they can do. And you got to run through the storm. When there's a problem, the longer you wait, the bigger it gets, the longer it's going to be, the more anxiety you're going to get, the more time you're going to take off your life of stress. Don't. Deal with it. The sooner you fix it, the sooner things can get better. Don't run away from the storm because it's only going to haunt you and you'll have regrets. Anything you want to add before we wrap up this awesome-ass show? No, it's just a shift in mindset. That's that's all. David Nurse said it best. Just a you know pivot in mindset. You pivot that mindset. You think differently. It's the same problem, but you're just attacking it differently. Dude, it's a game changer. That's it. And it's storming here, dude. I'm not running outside to that storm. I'm letting you know, but it's storming here. That's a wrap here on True Underdog. Bam! And that concludes another episode here on True Underdog. If you're interested in hearing more, make sure you subscribe at iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or the YouTube channel. You can always visit trueunderdog.com. Subscribe to all of them. Make sure you check out our newest episodes coming out on Mondays and Thursdays. True Underdog, baby. Bam! 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 True Underdog. Bam! 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 Bam